Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to A Turn of Events, where we help put a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Nafe, the CEO and Creative Director of Nafe Productions. We are a strategic event production company based in New York City, although we do events worldwide. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit, and wedding. Right now, obviously, we're doing a lot of virtual events. So if you are, if you have a virtual event, or you have a live event, you want to take it to virtual and you're not sure how to do that, please contact us. We'd be really happy to talk to you about that, give you some advice, or help you with your event. And also, I am just opened and launched a Facebook group for event planners who are looking to start an event planning business. So you want to head on over to Event Planner Society, and we are going to have some great information, great tips, great collaboration, lots of networking, and some really great information. So please join us. So I am really excited about my guest today, Carrie Garvis. She is the president and founder of Ovation Communication offering transformative professional presence and speaker development training to help business professionals all over the world get prepared, get confident, and get ovations. So let's welcome Carrie to the show. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this because obviously everything is virtual and people are doing lots more presentations virtually. So yes. what, before we get started, why don't you tell everybody about you, your background, how you got into all of this and learn more about you. Sure. Thank you. So what I like to say is that I'm an actor by birth and that's what I've done since I was a little kid. Right. And after a long time in New York, I wanted to take a quick break from the acting life. It's tough. It's a grind. It's really tough right now, as you can imagine, for uh, theater actors. And so I ended up getting a job in sales in Manhattan. And what I realized, even as like the greenest, most unexperienced salesperson was I had this skill set that a lot of my colleagues, really seasoned salespeople, didn't have. And it was this ability to command a room really easily, relay a story, relate very quickly, be aware of the temperature of the room, and therefore very quickly build stronger relationships. And during my time there at the sale of doing that sales job, this light bulb moment of, oh, actors have something to tell business professionals and share with them. So that's the seed that started Ovation. That's great. Wonderful. And I know you have a, an amazing team of people that help. So we're going to get into more of that, about that. But since we're talking about preparing your, about a virtual presentation, professional presentations, give us some tips on preparing for that. Sure. So in the virtual environment, which all of us mostly are, all of us are pretty much doing nowadays, is that the, all the same rule, a lot of the same rules apply, right? As we would prepare for any presentation or maintaining our presence in this teeny tiny box that we would on a stage. Oh yeah. What needs to be even stronger and more crystal clear that we work on a lot is that the structure of the presentation has to be stronger. You even have to have a stronger roadmap for your audience to follow in the virtual environment. And that happens to be in the structure of a story because we, it is so, as it's so easy to be watching something and swipe away. And as I like to say, watch a cat video. So keeping things really engaging, having a super strong structure, like a story is really key. Okay, good. 
So what is the most important thing I can do to hold a viewer's attention when they have tons of distractions at home? That's kids. Like a kid. Actually, I just have one kid, but there's other kids here for homeschool groups. So if you hear screaming, just ignore it. (laughs) So yes, you want, you absolutely want to be really well prepared and make sure that message, whatever that message is spot on, meaning this is not the time to go off on a long rambling tangent, get to the point very quickly, make sure you are confidently delivering that message so that you're engaging your audience and you have to keep engaging them. So whether that's a story, a question, getting them to do something, getting them to look at something, anything to specifically say, like it's equivalent to going, Hey, over here, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a second. Okay. Now back to me. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's, it could be, I I think storytelling is really important. I know I've learned this throughout. I do a lot of events for coaches and speakers. Storytelling keeps people's interests and things like that. So here we are, we're in a virtual environment. I'm in a different environment than I normally am when I shoot, but you have to, what is, okay. So I did my background and all of that and feel free to like, tell me what's good or bad. So beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't believe how I did this. So like, this is how you can do it is I've taken um, a basket and I turned it upside down and I put my computer on it and there's a table behind the couch here. And I just moved like the lamps on the floor and (laughs) I took the flowers from downstairs and just moved it around, put some pillows. And then the lighting I moved, I took the, I don't have my ring light that I normally have. So I took a lamp and just took the shade off of it. So you can up your setting. But when I see that you have, it's hard for me because I'm like, I see, so you have your stand on the side and let me just see if I can make this bigger. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there it is. Look at that. So it's a little, it's a little bigger view. So there we go. That's even better. Still learning all this stuff here. Yeah. So I just, so why don't you talk a little bit about that? I, the one thing that I hate that I just want to say is I don't like the backgrounds where they have the, the picture in the background. And then when you move, it looks like your head is moving. Yes. <laughs> yes. Unless they make it on Zoom, you can do that. But I just don't think they're good. It, it is. Uh, so for me and my opinion, because a lot of people are big fans of them and will absolutely support working with people that are like, yes, we want green screens because we want to even, we want the event to look similar. Here's the challenge with green screens is that it is difficult to get them to look fabulous, as I you know. know. It yeah. is. And the second you move your hand somewhere weird, like you start to disappear. Right, right. And it and side note, it's really difficult for people with massively curly hair to look at the green screen, no matter how good the green screen is, just That's FYI. And yeah. know from experience. And yeah. It offers a hair of inauthenticity. It is one more layer that I cannot connect with you, a real human that, and you're still behind this screen, right? I can't go, hello, so nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and I understand that Matt, it is challenge. It can be challenging, right? Where a lot of us are home, there's messes, there's a lot of stuff going on. You can let your audience know. You can have the most professional presentation, meeting, even an interview. Just say, you know what? I'm here to get this job. My my kids are home. Or right. grab something, like whatever you can, maybe one of those like room screens. I've seen really good things, like people just throwing up a, a nice iron sheet behind them. And it, it just gives it kind of some texture and some plain color. It doesn't right. have to be like perfectly decorated. Right. At all. I think too, anything that's like 
you want to be careful with this, with that sort of thing too, is because if you have a fan going, that's going to be moving, right? Or like the back will be moving. You don't want anything that's going to distract. That's right from what you're delivering. That's a really good point. But your back looks great, and the the background looks great, and the color is really pretty. You also want to be like talk about what you're wearing, like what to wear, and things like that. Yeah. So the I love bright, subtle colors. That's my thing. It's probably I would call. It's my brand at this point. Right. Uh, and you that's not, you don't have to do that. The, the things to avoid are lots of very tight patterns, like lots of business on your body and really tight stripes because that does funky things with the camera. So bright, while bright solid colors work, you could do contrasting colors. You could even do muted colors. The most important thing is that you, the professional, the presenter, that you're comfortable. You feel good in this because it is your show and standing in front of your camera and talking to this teeny tiny circle is weird enough. So let's feel good about what's going on here. Just avoid those like really tight patterns. And you're standing and I'm sitting. So I think that's like preference, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, (laughs) before we jumped on, I was like sitting, I'm like, I'm going to sit because you're sitting because that's in, you know, my world of etiquette, like you reflect what your other, what your host, which you are, are, is doing. And I just thought, no, this is me. I stand all the time. Um, You can, you can get, I'm sorry to interrupt. You can get away with that in the virtual environment that you're sitting and I'm standing, but on this like nice stream yard thing, it looks, we look even, um, this is not what we would do in person. That would imagine you were interviewing me and I was, and you were sitting and I was standing in person. That would be weird. So it's really about what your preference is. I like to be on my feet and I like, you know, I like to move a lot and this is just much more comforting for me. As long as you're feeling upright and comfortable, you're good. Yeah. I, there's nothing better than being on the stage. I'm a live event producer. So for me, it is a little awkward, especially it's, it's a little awkward sitting, but I haven't set my uh, stage up. I haven't set it up where I could stand I'm not there, but I like it. But I feel like I move, I would move too much and I would be distracting because I move a lot. I'm really expressive and I feel like I would be distracting. So I haven't done that, but I love it. And I think it's great. And I think it looks great. And you obviously have it down. Okay. So what, this is a really great question that, uh, that came in. It's what's one thing that can be accomplished virtually, which is impossible otherwise. This Okay. Thank you for asking. This is super cool, especially for the event planners. So you may be managing speakers who are really freaked out about getting comfortable presenting in the virtual environment. They get to do something that you will never, ever get to do in person, which is if I'm speaking to a thousand people, I get to make eye contact, one-on-one eye contact with every single solitary one. If I'm really connected to my camera, Everybody feels like I'm talking to them and as interactive and you're as much as you can move around at an in-person event, you're never going to be able to accomplish that. So I think that is a coup of presenting in the virtual environment. That's a really good point. I never thought about it that way. Okay. So what's the one mistake we're all making in the virtual environment? (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid of this question. (laughs) The is the one mistake that we're seeing glaringly is that we are not making any changes, is that we're thinking it's the same exact thing. 
and it's not. It's the same reason why whenever you see a stage version of a show, it is slightly altered for film. Now, Hamilton, the recent Disney version, the, the showing on Disney Plus rather, was filmed on stage, but it was, it is, it was filmed with multiple cameras. And so there were cuts and there were changes to what you would experience as a live in-person audience member. So right. the mistake is thinking, what's I'm just gonna do the same thing I've always done. So be that length of time of the event, of the sessions, mm -hmm. of how we're interacting. It this is a different ball game. It is a different show. It's a diff we're in a different world. And which is very true. I talk a lot about a lot of our clients, I do a lot of fundraisers. So we're not doing four hour dinners, obviously. So right. most of our fundraisers an hour long, which seems crazy and like how do you you know do it but it's better than nothing and it keeps we have we don't want to do two three hours of fundraising it's just it's too much so we're cutting it down to an hour and, and a lot of the events are not we're not if we're doing three-day events some people are we're still doing that but you've got to be engaging and interactive and there has to be lots of fun things that are happening because you're going to lose people's attentions and you're going to lose them Absolutely. The ma the max amount of kind of brain saturation of a typical functioning adult in the virtual environment is two hours and that's pushing it. Wow. Meaning being able to sit down and consume the same kind of content in the same way, two hours max. Right. So if we're running a workshop, which we used to run multi-day workshops, we're running them in max two-hour chunks and typically it's even shorter yeah. because... All we're doing these days is living in here. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are using Zoom, right? That's, yes. I'm using um, StreamYard, but Zoom is very popular with everyone. And so how do we maximize Zoom, the platform? So in Zoom, and it's funny, we use StreamYard for some things. We use Zoom for a yeah. lot. So here's, here, and Zoom has some wonderful tools and things that you may or may not be aware of. I We encourage everybody go in, play around because they actually do updates. I did a webinar yesterday and they had just done an update and I was like, oh, interesting, that's new for someone who, who lives in Zoom. Right. So if in terms of events and if let's say we're running breakout sessions, use the breakout room functions, right. use the chat boxes, the polls, the Q and A, if it is a smaller group, get everybody on camera, get people to raise their hand. There's so many cool things that you can do with, especially that platform you can record within it. You can add other software on top of it so that like you have your logo here in, in the corner on StreamYard, you can use other software to accomplish that with Zoom if you want to. And we find them really helpful if we need any additional support. So I know a lot, as I said, I know a lot of speakers and a lot of them do have a an acting training background. Yep. So how did your acting training evolve and in, 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 for your business, inform into your business? Working at that sales job, definitely I was like, oh, this is... These are these things that other people don't learn how to do when they're in school. I did. And once I realized, oh, okay, business professionals can use this. We now, I have to change the messaging a little bit. I have to change the vocabulary a little bit to make it applicable and more easily tangible for business professionals. 
But essentially, professional presence is understanding, being extremely self-aware, modifying your behavior for the situation, and refining your communication for your audience. That is essentially what actors do. We constantly study our self-awareness. My freshman year of college in my undergrad program, we didn't perform on stage at all. It was not allowed because you spend that whole first year learning about yourself. What are your habits? What are the things that you need to work on as an artist? And then you could get on stage. And so the same holds true really for business is be extremely self-aware How am I showing up in the world? How are my communication choices affecting other people? Modifying the behavior for that audience or that specific person and then refining the communication so it like, so it resonates and drives your audience to action. I think an, an improv class, which I am not, I never liked acting. I worked in film and television for 17 years behind the scenes. I hate mm-hmm. in front of the camera. That was just one of my things. But, and I've taken a couple of improv classes and we've had Im- improvisational actors come in and perform at a lot of my events, which is really yeah. fun. And they get the audience involved and that's always really fun. I think that's probably, you know, something that would be really good because I think if something happens or you need to do some improv, you, it's good to have that skill, I would think. Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, improv really loosens your inhibitions as an over all communicator. So I'm a huge fan. I, I too have a background in improv as well. And what it really does is help you embrace this idea of yes. And right. Accepting the information that we're given, adding to it and passing back. And it's one thing that you can use in when presenting. And it's actually a technique that we teach when handling Q and a after a presentation to keep the environment more positive and moving forward. That's great. That's awesome. Okay. So during Ovation's decade of coaching presenters, what changes have you seen in the style of presentation and how have you had to adjust your mentoring methods? So way back when we started the beginning, the presentations were typically driven by content uh, or visuals, I should say. You always started with let's build the deck and let's then continue to, and then we'll build the content around it. Um, In fact, so I wrote this book, it just happens to be here, called (laughs) Presentation Skills for Managers. And it's a, it's a second edition because the editor, the, the publisher came to me and said, we have this first edition. It was written about 10 years ago. Can you go in and update it for today? And I read the very first chapter and the first thing it said in the first edition was like, First, decide what platform, I don't even think it's a platform, what software you're going to use to build your presentation. And it listed PowerPoint and four other things that I assure you, you have never heard of because they do not exist today. And long story short is that I said, I can't rewrite the book, but I can write you a new one. So that's what I did. And way, way back then, and even when I started, it was like, okay, here's your deck, now go write your script. And what we very much wanted to step forward with, and you still see it that people want the deck first, is that you would never, if you're a playwright or a movie writer, you would never build your set and then write the story on the set. You build your story and then build the visuals that enhance it. I would say that's one of the biggest differences along with that people want stories. They want to hear stories and if you just list facts, especially in the virtual environment, 
you're just going to lose them. Of course, even more important, as I mentioned before, is shorter is better. Yeah. Technology changes so fast these days, and especially now with virtual, there's so many platforms and people ask us all the time, what platforms should, should we use for our events? And I can't tell them until I know what it is they want to do and what they want. Right. So I can see how that can be super challenging. All right. So generally speaking, what's the most common challenge that a new presenter faces when preparing for the first event? Besides their nerves and they're so scared. Right. Yes, it, it is. It's essentially nerves yeah. and not knowing how to rehearse because people are like, okay, I have a presentation. All right. I, I know I have to rehearse, but I don't know how to rehearse or they'll know, okay, they're rehearsing. So I'm just going to say it out loud. Right. And actually what can happen is you can do, if you're not rehearsing specifically with good accountability, so be that with an ovation coach, a peer coach, or having a goal in mind each iteration of the rehearsal, you're going to com compound some bad habits that are already in your muscle memory. And so, so what, so how much should you rehearse? Because sometimes you can rehearse too much, right? Like what, I mean, you really want, and I say this every time I do this, the show is you want to be authentic, like in everything that you do. So what's like, how is it, can you rehearse too much? You, I believe that you can only rehearse not, not productively and you can rehearse to the point of exhaustion that then your presentation isn't good because you just don't have the energy and you're not in a positive mindset to bring the information forward. You don't need a ton of time to rehearse, uh, to rehearse. I, in fact, I just did a webinar on this last week about speaker readiness at a flash, getting ready really quickly. Yeah. The key is that you want to get the content into your muscle memory, which is different than memorization. So right. let actors memorize, presenters, business professionals, get it into your muscle memory and get the good habits, the good presentation skills into your muscle memory so that when you are actually standing and speaking uh, on stage or in front of the camera, you're not thinking about the presentation skills. All your only job is to tell the story, right? You know your story, right? So like I, I'm an event producer. I can talk about events for days and days. Yeah. But still, if I'm going to present and I'm going to be talking about something that I know so well, I'm still going to get nervous. I think what I need is just keeping me on track because I start like going off on a tangent on things. Yeah. So for me, that's why I, I have this so that I can ask my questions ahead of time I've prepared and there are important things that we want to talk about, but, and I review, but I try not to, I try to just be more flowing and talking and stuff like that. But for me, I have to do bullet points or even some cards, index cards and putting things on there. I think it's different if you have a PowerPoint, we're not doing a PowerPoint here. So that's a lot right. <laughs> But so, yeah, I think it's just, if you know your stuff, you know your stuff. And so don't try to be anything different than what you are or try to do, teach something that you don't know anything about because that's going right. to show. Yeah. And that's really what, that's what my company does. We make people shinier versions of themselves. Yeah. That's it. We're comfortable with who they are, how they stand or sit and present and notes. What I love to say about notes is this, right, this is not a Broadway show. You don't have to have it memorized. Yeah. And notes keep us on track right. and keep us in that structure that makes our audience feel really comfortable. Right. And there, I often hold notes myself. And the only note about notes I want to say is that make sure that when you have, when you have your notes, that it doesn't take 
it doesn't break your eye contact too much from your audience. Right. So that if you have to check your notes and it, you're doing a beautiful job, by the way, of it, is that all you're doing is you're simply looking down for a second, taking the information off the page and then saying it out loud. So right. it's simply avoiding things that like get our audience disengaged or things like, okay, so next, what we're going to talk about. Sometimes it feels like that, but um, it doesn't. <laughs> in a different environment, which is also can throw you off. So you have to get used to that. Sometimes I think it's good for me to be in a different environment. When I'm, I'm in my home, this is a different home that I'm in now, but when I'm in a home, my home in New York City, I have it all set. I've got my cozy furry chair. I've got my notes sit on the desk. I'm got, I have my big computer. So it's a whole different setup. So for oh, me, yeah. I feel like I'm not, I can look differently than I have to look down now because it's in my lap and it's different. And I'm on my laptop now. So it's just a little different. And it is, the environment around me is different. So it changes. It changes and you hope that there's no noise going on and things like that. So right. I think absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Obviously you have tons of experience with presenters who attend your workshops. What's the greatest tool or method you can offer to these people? Yeah. Why don't we talk like about like how you work with people? Cause I think that would be really good. So we, a, a number of different ways that we are uh, sometimes part of learning and development programs, leadership development, new hire training programs on the corporate side, on the event side, it is through content managers, speaker managers usually engage us and say, we want these people better. We want this conference to really rock. Right. And so we can do that with one-on-one -on -one coaching. We can do it with group rehearsal workshops, training videos, which I surprisingly have done. A, surprising to us, it's just a, a kind of a line of business that we've always had that's really exploded the past couple months. And because I think it speaks to this need for more of that bite-sized training, that people or bite-sized information, that yeah. people want this in little chunks. Let's take it work on it and come back. We, and, and we support events of all size. We've supported events that have three to six speakers alongside an event that has 600 to a thousand speakers. Yeah. So we've got the goods to support you and, and your speakers in around the globe, because of course now we're virtual and it's travels super easy. I just you know, walk in from the hallway and, and we have support in multiple languages as well, including ASL. Oh, that's great. That's, and I think too, preparing, is it different preparing virtually than I guess on stage? I guess it would be right. Or do you have to think of it differently? What? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. The preparation is different. There are different things that we're going to think about. The, the content build, the starting points where we start are, are the same. We're going to say, right. what's the story or how do we chunk out this content to make it a story? Right. And then the on your feet, getting into your muscle memory piece that I talked about is a little bit different, right? The stage and being in person is going to be about understanding our surroundings and, and moving, right? Finding the light, etc. This is much more about, okay, I don't have that much room to move and more about very quickly establishing rapport. Uh-huh. Okay, great. That's awesome. And I know um, for myself, it's just like I had to redo everything. So as a speaker now, we don't have an AV team to come in if we're getting on a stage to have all the lights and everything ready and do the technology. You have to do it yourself. So it's a little savvy. But 
when we help presenters and speakers for our events, we do a tech rehearsal to make sure that their lighting is right and their setup is right. And they, they have the, their computer set so that their head's not like down here or way too high or, and they're centered. So we, we work on that stuff. So it's good to be, hopefully you'll have a team that can help you do that stuff. Okay, I do have one question. Why should companies with limited budgets allocate assets to speaker development and professional presence? That is a wonderful question <laughs> it, because it you want to think about the ultimate goal. I understand that certainly now budgets are dwindling. Mm-hmm. The from the employees point of view that it is a gift. It's a gift of investment in them. And it's going to make them more comfortable in presenting at that conference, being much, even if it's a a video of like how to professionally frame yourself on camera so that you're, you as the boss, the owner of the budget are giving them a gift and really for a nominal investment, you can get them to step up their confidence level. It's about building their comfort level in a very new, often untimed, oftentimes uncomfortable environment. Yeah. Yeah. I think now more than ever, it's probably needed because of people's working from home. You got to keep the energy going, keep the um, motivation going and things like that. And companies, people aren't working in their companies right now. So they're separated from their staff. So I think now is probably a good time to, to really think about doing that. Yep. So a lot of things that we do too is I go into companies sometimes and speak and I probably should start promoting this more, which you can only promote so many things is speak on events. And because so many companies obviously are doing major events and it's a different world now. And they have teams that, that help them, but they're not all professionals. They're assistants to a lot of the executives and they just say, okay, help us plan this, but they don't know the strategy behind the events. What should the speakers and the presenters be doing, right? So we, you and I partner together and bring in people to, to help them, to coach people on that. And also just saving them money on their events. So there's a lot of negotiating things that can be done that they don't know about that. So I think it's just a really good opportunity. Okay. So everybody's comfort level um, with presenting is a little different. And we talked about that before, assuming this is true, which we obviously know that because I'm, I know many people who can get up there and do it and others are just scared to death, but um, what kind of time investment is needed for the most presenters to prepare for their event? That's a, that, it, well, yes, it's really going to vary. Yeah. And it, there is an old school idea that we need an hour of rehearsal for every minute that we're on stage. Also, let's get into the real world of busy professionals such as ourselves, who sometimes that is daunting. So it's really important to know how to very quickly, but also, as I mentioned before, productively prepare. So you can, even if you are doing an hour long session, you can get ready. Even if you just have one hour that you break up into three 20 minute chunks, you can get ready to do that really well and really comfortably. So I would say whatever time you have allotted, you just need to make sure it's productive. And, and, and just prepare. Don't do any, don't do things last minute, obviously, because 
it's going to show. I started putting this office together like this morning at 10 o'clock or nine o'clock so that I was prepared. And I went up and down and back and forth with lighting and all kinds of things. So you just want to make sure that you're prepared and then you'll be comfortable with it. But that, it looks great. I, I would not have known you weren't in New York had you not told me. Yeah. Good. Look, I should know what to do. I do this for a li- Like I help speakers do this. So I should know I'm not a hundred percent happy with the lighting, but that it's fine. And work. this is fine, but you just, I have to get a light here. This is what's more important. Lighting is, I think is everything. Even at my events, I'm a freak about lighting. If I go to a restaurant and the lighting's not right, I'll say, I'm going to ask them to dim the light. My whole with me is, oh my God. And then they love it. I'm a freak about lighting. I, I am the same way. I am the absolute same way. But like if a restaurant's too bright, I'm like, no, nope, we're not going. Nope, move on. No, I ask them to dim. And they do. I think it's just we forgot to dim it from setting up. So right. I do that too. So I yes. know what that's like. Back yeah. in the long ago days when I used to eat in restaurants. I know. I know. I miss it. So the, yeah, lighting is the number one reason people do not look good in the virtual environment. It's also really the easiest fix you can do with, you do not need anything fancy. Yes. I have studio lights, right? I've got lights here. I've got lights here. You don't need it. You can take, I hope I don't knock something over in my office. So you can take just an old lamp, right? Take the shade off. Put it behind your camera lens, whatever the camera is, whether it's on your computer, your monitor, put it behind so that gets bright. Get another little light, shine it up a little bit. Not so you look like spooky campfire storyteller, but like some up light and you're really good. And you're right. It's absolutely, it is key. It's going to really step it up just and try different things and get screenshots of yourself See how you look and see what you like. Take your phone around yeah. around your home or office or wherever you are and see where you get the best lighting and, right. and where it bounces off the walls. And I was going to shoot from downstairs. There's this beautiful pool with the background and the water, but it's colder today and it's a little windy. So I would have been like flying all over the place. You want to be comfortable. So I was like, eh, I'll have to go inside, but it would have been nice to have it by the pool and stuff too. Change it up if you want to. It's, it's okay. So I, I love talking to you. This is great information. I, you did mention that you have, so do you have anything that you, I know you offer something to people or how do people reach you? Let's talk about that. Sure. I'm easy to find. Ovation is pretty over here. Ovation is pretty easy to find. And the best way we have ongoing free or ongoing content pumping out, either connecting with me on Facebook or on LinkedIn. And every Tuesday, I'm broadcasting Tip Tuesday. So it's typically the stuff that comes in during the week when I talk to people or the questions I get working with clients or anything that comes in. It's funny, each week, like a theme uh, starts to emerge. So I'll talk through that on a Tuesday, have guests, and that's the best way to amass a good amount of information to really up your game in in terms of professional presence in the virtual environment. Right. And where's Tip Tuesday? Uh, It's live on both Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'll have to check it out myself. So thank you so much, Carrie. This has been awesome. I'm really happy that you joined us. 
You are so welcome. This was fabulous and fun. Thank you. And which I knew it would be. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys. So I'm so happy that you joined. Please reach out to Carrie if you need help with presenting any of that. She's her team is amazing. She has a really extensive team. So don't miss out. Thanks again for joining us. See you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Isn't this